Hi everyone and welcome to Games Are Fun, the weekly video game podcast show that talks about video game news, stories, and highlights. My name is Luke and thanks for joining me on today's episode of Games Are Fun. This is your first time listening to the show. Welcome. Games Are Fun is a weekly video game podcast show where I talk about video games each and every week. Sometimes I talk about video game news and other times I share my experiences with video games. But regardless, Games Are Fun airs every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Mountain Daylight Time on iTunes, Google Play, CastBox, and SoundCloud. So if you enjoy the show, please like and subscribe to on whatever platform you're listening to the show on. It's really appreciated when you do that. So thank you to everyone who already has done that. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about two major topics. The first one is my initial impressions with Resident Evil. I've only had a couple hours to play of the game, and so I just wanted to give you my thoughts about the RE2 remake. And then the second topic I'm going to be talking about is Metroid Prime 4. Nintendo had a press release last week uh, where it's basically an update on the development process for Metroid Prime 4 for the Nintendo Switch. So I'm going to be talking about that and my thoughts around it, and that's what the episode looks like today. If you're listening to this episode the day it goes up, so January 29th. Head over to my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash gamesarefunpodcast. I'm going to be streaming Resident Evil 2 for a majority of the day. So come over there and hang out and say hi. Speaking of Resident Evil, this week for Games Are Fun, we're getting an extra episode. So this Saturday, February 2nd, there will be an additional episode of Games Are Fun, and it will be all about Resident Evil. My friend Andrew is... Just a bucket of knowledge when it comes to Resident Evil and the franchise and the lore. And so I thought it'd be great with this RE2 remake just happening to have him on the show and talk about Resident Evil, talk about the remake, things he likes about it, that kind of stuff. So yeah, I mentioned that I'm going to be talking about my initial impressions in today's episode and that's basically all it is. I'm saving all potential spoilers or anything like that for that Saturday episode. So you're not gonna wanna miss that one. Make sure you you tune in on Saturday on the platforms I mentioned that Games Are Fun is available on and check out the episode. Now, let's get to it. I'm gonna start off actually with the Metroid Prime news and then we'll go into talking about Resident Evil 2. So, Nintendo stated last week, uh, they had an announcement about the development of Metroid Prime 4. Of course, Metroid Prime 4 was teased that it was in development for the Nintendo Switch at E3 2017. Now, since then, we have not heard of any updates about the development of the game. I think some people expected maybe to take see a look at it uh, last year at E3, but of course, Nintendo basically had their E3 focused on Super Smash Brothers because that was the next big game releasing as well as Super Mario Party and so when we didn't see it there I think a lot of people were waiting for maybe an additional trailer at the Game Awards that wouldn't have been you know random either because if you remember the year previous to that that's when we got uh, at the Game Awards we got the announcement for Bayonetta 3 from Nintendo so yeah, it, we're kind of just wondering what is going on with Metroid Prime 4 and, you know, there was rumors of a Metroid Prime Trilogy 1, 2, and 3 being ported over to the Nintendo Switch and so I guess everyone was just kind of wondering what was going on with the development of that game. Well, Adam Bankhurst over at IGN.com has this article that went up on January 25th 
titled Metroid Prime 4 Development Restarting with Retro Studios. So, Metroid Prime 4's development is restarting from the beginning with the help of Retro Studios, developers of the original Metroid Prime games. Announced by Nintendo, the decision was to, was made because this fourth entry, and quoted, has not reached the standards we seek in a sequel to the Metroid Prime series. Due to this reason, Nintendo has decided to have producer, uh, gosh, Kensuke Tanabe, I believe, work in trust and collaboration with the studio that developed the original Metroid Prime series, Retro Studios in the United States, and restart development from the beginning. Tanabe was the Metroid Prime series producer, and the initial project was being overseen by him and a talented development team, which was not Retro Studios, and had reportedly been said to have been Bandai Namco. So yeah, we actually never had confirmation on what studio was actually responsible for Metroid Prime 4's development. Um, but there was, like I said, the article says there was rumors that Bandai Namco was actually responsible for developing the game. Metroid 4 was announced at E3 2017 and little has been heard of it since its reveal. The last we heard of it was in November of last year when Nintendo of America President and COO Reggie said that the game is well in development. Retro Studios last game was Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze and there have been reports that it was working on a rumored Star Fox racing game. Retro Studios developed the first Metroid Prime in 2002, Metroid Prime 2 Echoes in 2004, and Metroid Prime 3 Corruption in 2007. So, what does all this mean then? Well, this is a big deal for a couple reasons. So you have Nintendo taking a first party game and basically scrapping the development that was already started on it to take it over to another studio to basically refresh and start development on that. That's a big thing because you think about, it was teased in 2017, they probably didn't have a lot to show for it back then, so they probably wouldn't have been working on it for too long. That being said, there were probably, uh, the development process went years before that, just trying to get the idea of Metroid Prime 4 together. And so, yeah, you think that to just basically restart the development at a new studio. Nintendo must have not been too satisfied with the way development was going at the, the previous studio. And so um, the fact that they brought it to, you know, retro studios is obviously I think a good thing because you have a studio who has developed the, the first three in the franchise and for them to come in and do the fourth isn't it's not going to be foreign to them they they obviously are the experts when it comes to the metroid prime games and so for them to continue that on is great um it's kind of surprising why they wouldn't get them to develop it in the first place but maybe they had their reasons um maybe at that time retro studios just had too much on their plate or were busy uh not being able to develop metroid prime 4 so the thing I like about this, and the reason why I wanted to talk about it, is just because this is something in gaming that does happen from time to time, and sometimes the outcome of doing this is sometimes negative, right? We look at video games in the past that basically went through development hell, had multiple studios working on the games, had things scrapped and then brought back to life through numbers of years, 
like look at Duke Nukem Forever or Alien Colonial Marines. Those are just a couple examples of games that went through a lot of restructure through its development and ultimately when they released they were not great games. Like if you go on YouTube and type in, you know, top 10 worst video games of all time, those games I just mentioned are going to pop up on some of those lists. And the reason why is because they just didn't have the 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 polish because they were so scattered out so many years uh, while being developed. Is that going to happen with Metroid Prime 4? I don't believe so. I think this is Nintendo getting ahead of that and saying rather than forcing you know that development that they're not ha- happy with at the previous studio, they're going to you know quit while they're ahead basically and say you know what this isn't going the way we want it to we need to scrap this and start fresh so that this game can see the light of day in a couple years so yeah i I mean this definitely pushes back when we're going to see metroid prime 4 i don't see it until at least 2020 now but who knows um maybe we'll see more of the game this year and but it's hard to think that even because if you know, Retro Stews is starting here, January 2019. It's going to be a while, I think, before we see that. But good on Nintendo for coming forward with it, um, making a video that was straightforward, talking about the facts, not trying to deflect or minimize the situation, just stating what happened and what's going to happen going forward. So, yeah, really interesting. We'll continue to follow this story as it kind of progresses. If we get any more updates about Metroid Prime 4, then we'll talk about it then. Now, let's move on to my initial impressions of Resident Evil 2. So, I picked up the game. I've only got a couple play sessions out of it just because, like I said, I've been really busy, really busy week last week, really busy weekend. And so, I haven't been able to play the game as much as I wanted to Um By the time you listen to Saturday's episode, I'm going to have a lot more thoughts to share with you. It's also going to serve as kind of like a spoiler cast. So we're going to be talking about more than just uh, what's on the surface. We're going to be digging into the story and stuff like that. So Resident Evil 2, the original, was released in 1998. And just following Resident Evil, it had the similar... Uh, gameplay mechanics like tank controls and then the stationary camera angles and those were things that uh, the biggest changes from the 1998 version to the 2019 version obviously besides the fact that it got a huge visual overhaul Uh, so Resident Evil 2 remake was actually announced that it was being developed I believe in 2015 and it wasn't until last year at E3 2018 that we got our first real good look at Resident Evil 2. It actually won best of the show. I know that because there was a little sticker on my physical copy when I bought the game last week but it won best of the show award at the um, 2018 Game Critics Award and So it was already getting praised before it was released, uh, just based on that showing. So what are the biggest differences between the original and the, the, the remake? Well, like I mentioned, we now have a different perspective on the game. We now have that over the shoulder look that was made famous in Resident Evil 4, 5, and 6. And with that, we no longer have the tank controls that were from the original games. 
uh, which makes the gameplay much smoother and you know that was the hardest thing for me trying to go back and play the Resident Evil games is the tank controls are just you need to really wrap your head around them and once you get kind of get familiar with them it's okay but it's a bit of a pain they've fixed that the gameplay is now from that third person perspective over the shoulder and um yeah it doesn't have those fixed camera angles so it, it's a tri it looks like a triple a game in today's generation basically visually it's also had a huge overhaul right you don't have those pre-rendered backgrounds uh from those fixed camera angles that were from the original, right? You have this 3D environment that has such good polish and such good detail. Everything looks really good. The way the lighting is in the police station, the way uh, light casts shadows and, you know, the textures and on the surfaces, even everything just looks kind of wet and dark, which is really great because it creates that really good atmosphere for the player, which uh, is really important when it comes to horror games, obviously. So that that's a big difference. I think that was the first thing I noticed when I booted it up. Now I'm just playing on my PS4 Slim. It is not the best way to play it. I'm sure if I had a PS4 Pro or you know a high-end PC gaming rig or an Xbox One X, I would really be seeing how impressive this engine is and how good it looks for a video game. But I put it in my PS4 and right away I was blown away by how good it looked. I should mention that there was a demo released a week prior to the release. Uh, it was called a one-shot demo, so you had half an hour to kind of play in the game and that was it. There was no way around it. You basically had half an hour and once your half an hour was up, that was it. I decided to not play that so that I would have that genuine reaction to it when I first loaded it up and it was just it was crazy you go to the gas station right off the bat and I'm looking at I'm sorry I play I played as Leon of course you can play as Leon or Claire uh, through your first run and then second run you can switch to the other character and I started as Leon and just right away I'm looking at you know the graphics and just am extremely impressed by how good it looks now moving on into the gameplay, once I started getting into the game, we got to the, the police station and I'm starting to explore the police station and starting to face my first couple zombies, it's very clear that that is where a lot of the work has been done for Resident Evil 2 is on the enemy system. If we remember from the original Resident Evil, enemies were kind of just, you know, copied and pasted, right? Um, to to create more, you know, I guess characters in one still fixed camera angle shot is was much trickier back in the day. Obviously, in today's technology, uh, that's not something that's very difficult to do, right, when creating a video game. And so these zombies have a lot of polish on them. They look like really really good they look like zombies they move like zombies and what's great is they react like zombies when you shoot them when you shoot them you really need to take off its head with bullets to the head in order to to kill it if you shoot its arm limbs are gonna fly off you could shoot its legs and then it's gonna crawl towards you it's really intense because as it gets closer you're you're 
shooting it in the head thinking and it'll fall down or it will lunge at you thinking you know catching you off guard thinking that it's dead and you start walking past it and it's like oh it actually didn't fall over and now it's it's going for you so that's really great um it still has the the greatest thing that i appreciate about it so far is that it is really making it a game suitable for 2019 but also keeping a lot of the the elements that made the original so good right you still have to manage your inventory right you have your storage box in your safe rooms but you know you have to manage what items you carry on with you um i don't know i i think there's an autosave feature um if i'm not mistaken but I'm sure if you go into harder difficulties, all you can do is save, because I'm just playing on default. And I think I remember dying and not going to my last save, but just going to a checkpoint, which kind of takes a bit away from the original. Like I remember you know, having to get ink and go and save your game at the typewriters, right? And so that, I think, it, no, don't, I'll, I'm sure we'll, we'll get into that on Saturday with Andrew, but, um, I'm sure on harder difficulties, the only way of saving is going back to those typewriters. Now, that being said, there are still some things that are very dated in today's world. So the the puzzles in the game, you know, finding the different colored keys for the different colored doors or finding the medallions right away in the police station aren't very challenging, right? They are very accurate of what kind of gameplay was presented especially in the resident evil series from back in the day right the games have evolved to much more than that to be more action focused um but to be honest there's a a little bit of nostalgia when it comes back to doing those puzzles and do trying to figure those things out even if they are fairly straightforward so I really enjoy it so far. Um, I I can't wait to play more. It's basically like I play it, and when I'm not playing, I'm, I'm just thinking about when's the next opportunity I'm going to have to play it. So, yeah, if you want to catch the rest of my playthrough, tune in on twitch.tv slash gamesarefunpodcast on Tuesday, January 29th, and you can watch all of my playthrough because I'm going to hopefully try and beat it that day. But that's all I really want to save for Resident Evil because, like I said, we're going to have an additional episode this week where I talk all about it, so I'll save that for that. Now, moving on to the last segment of the show. I know this episode is a little bit shorter, but because we're getting two episodes this week, um, I wanted to do a kind of a smaller episode this Tuesday because we're going to have that long one on Saturday. Now, We have a segment on the show where we end off the show with highlighting a video game. So this segment is kind of sponsored, I guess, by my Instagram page. Go over to Instagram at GamesAreFunPodcast. This is where I post pictures of my video game collection. And I thought it would be fun to basically each week pick a game that I've posted on that Instagram page and talk about it. And hopefully by me talking about it and bringing one of these older games into the the limelight, someone else will find interest in it and maybe get the opportunity to go and play that. So last week, the highlighted game was Brutal Legend, and I'm sure some people listened to it and didn't even know that game existed. So that's kind of the hope of this segment. Of course, as I continue doing it, I won't need to explain it in this much detail each time, but 
that's what it is. It's the Games Are Fun game showcase each and every week. Today's game is very on par with what I was talking about with Resident Evil, and it is The Evil Within. So The Evil Within is a third-person survival horror game developed by Tango Gameworks. Uh, it is created by the Resident Evil series creator Shinji Mikami, and when you play this game, you can see a lot of the horror elements brought from the Resident Evil series into this series. So this game was announced, uh, I think, back at E3 2013, I want to say. Um, let me look up at that because I just want to make sure. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. Yeah, it was officially announced in 2013 and it was released in October of 2014. Uh, in Japan, the game was released as Psycho Break, um, which I, is very intro interesting because we look at the Resident Evil series where the game is a completely different name in Japan than it is in North America. So The Evil Within basically uh, is centers around your protagonist Sebastian and he is basically a detective and he's pulled through this really crazy nightmarish world. Um, the, the weirdest thing about this game is when I saw the announcement for it. I was immediately on board because it was a horror game, right? And you know, you have a series creator of the Resident Evil working on this game. It has a lot going for it. But the thing with this game is, is the story is very, very confusing. Um, there are a lot of issues with some of the the characters and the story and the plot. And so, for me to come out and explain exactly what it's about is kind of difficult to do but that being said the gameplay itself is really good for or a, a third person horror game right um you know it has those elements from resident evil of exploring locations and then coming across bosses trying to figure out how you're going to get around that boss and deal with them uh you know preserving your your ammunition same with your uh trying to to find new things to upgrade your weapons and that kind of stuff um, you have to use stealth to kind of maneuver through certain areas and different levels and you know there's lots of collectibles scattered out but what's really great is the enemies have a lot of polish in my opinion the the bosses the mini bosses are really really scary and they do a great job of just making you almost dread playing it so if you're a fan of the resident evil games and you haven't played the evil within i highly recommend it um the game is quite a few like it's uh you know four years old now so it's definitely going to have a price drop and so if you're done with resident evil 2 and you want to continue the horror train and you haven't played any of the evil within games i would recommend jumping right on board with evil within and then maybe going on to evil within 2 if you you liked what you saw from the first one. So uh, The Evil Within, a game that I highly recommend, a very awesome horror game. Hopefully you, you find the opportunity to play that at some point. All right, so that's this week's episode. I know it was super, super quick. We're only looking at like 25 minutes, but like I said, 
I wanted to just do a shorter episode so that you guys still got the show on Tuesday, but you are getting that show on Saturday. So do not fret. There is more Games Are Fun content coming. Make sure you check out my Facebook page. Just search for Games Are Fun Podcast, or if you're on SoundCloud, the link is in my bio. Um, Also head over to Twitter, just at Games Are Fun Pod. Over there, I tweet what's going on when I'm going live on Twitch, that kind of stuff. And then, of course, as mentioned, go over to my Instagram page at Games Are Fun Podcast. I'm really trying to grow that platform. I post pictures of my video game collection every couple days. So make sure you head over to all three of those and follow and like and do all that jazz so you never miss a beat on what's going on. So thank you very much for listening to this very quick episode of Games Are Fun. And we will talk to you guys this Saturday, February 2nd with Andrew, where we talk about Resident Evil. All right, everyone. Until then, take care.